Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 32. I think on the day that this comes out, it's the very last Tuesday in October, which is just insane. How are we already at the wintertime? Uh, I have mixed feelings about it. I love the fall. I feel like the fall has been really short, but you know, if I'm being honest, I kind of like the winter too. Listen, all the seasons have good things about them. Um, but you know, this winter feels, I feel like it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a nice cozy one. Um, I, I can't remember if I said this in the last episode intro. Um, but I have been starting to ask, um, you know, via email and, you know, just in other ways. And then maybe I already did it here. Um, for people who are listening, uh, to send me, like creative stuff you're working on. So it could just be like stuff you're thinking about. Like you could just write a paragraph about like, you know, in what ways you're kind of stretching your creative comfort zone. Um, or you can actually send me like, you know, pictures or like audio or video of like what you're working on. Um, I've been thinking it might be kind of fun to start like sharing some things. Um, you know, like once a month or I'm not sure, but, um, but I, but I, what I'm saying is I, would like to start gathering just people talking about the ways that they're kind of stretching their creative comfort zone. So if you're working on anything or you want to be working on anything, um, please send it to me. Um, you can get my email address at my website. It's emvocals.com. Um, all my information is there. My cell phone number is there. You could text me. Um, yeah, so I'd love to know what you're doing. Um, today's episode, oh my gosh, you guys, I loved talking with Stacy so much. Um, the day that she came to talk to me, I was, I was feeling like mildly uninspired. And when she left, I just, I felt like all excited and like invigorated about stuff. Um, man, she just was so great. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Stacy Phillips. Salt Lake City-based artist Stacy Phillips works in sculpture, ceramics, painting, on canvas, wood, and ceramics, and jewelry. She teaches acrylic painting and collage and mono printing, and actually enjoys the business part of being a career artist. Stacy majored in fine arts at Keene State College in New Hampshire, and minored in business and graphic design. Stacy says, "My father, being in the corporate world, said I should have something to fall back on. In the long run, it suited me because I can dance between left and right brain." Now residing in Salt Lake City, where she rents space in an arts complex encompassing studios for some 50 artists, Stacy maintains three rooms, one for sculpture, one for painting, and one that serves as her office for paperwork and art supplies. In addition to working on her own art, she teaches painting and model printing and gives lectures and demonstrations throughout the state as the working artist of Utah for golden paints. You guys, here comes Stacy Phillips. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary, and sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by, well, 
no one, because today I'm using this segment to share the news that Artifice Podcast has merch. Our very own Artifice print is currently available in the form of gift wrapping paper in black and white, as well as holiday edition colors, 17-ounce tall latte mugs, P.S. Those are my favorite. They are so pretty. Sticker sheets and tote bags. If you haven't seen it yet, the print is 15 art objects to represent all of the art mediums we love. And I genuinely could not be more excited about it. Head to emvocals.com slash store to check it out and stay tuned for some sales and deals coming soon. Well, hi, Stacey. Nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you, Emily. <laughs> um, so like I said, I like to start at the beginning. And the first question I always ask everybody is like, what was the very first creative stuff you started doing as a child? Even if it's not visual art, just what was kind of the first manifestation of your creativity as a child? Well, my mother tells me that it was putting things in my pocket. So I can't really remember. I'm like the, a, a first um, creative thing that I did. I just always remember being curious about things. Yeah. And my and as a child, I um, was kind of a tomboy. I have two brothers uh, and we spent a lot of time outside. Yeah. Um, and I was always coming home with things in my pockets, things that Gathering I was saving. little treasures. Mm -hmm. I yeah. was the same way. Um, I had like a bunch of little, you know, like purses and boxes. Like I loved containers uh -huh. as a child. Uh -huh. I, I still love containers. Yeah. <laughs> like pretty boxes and pretty like little bags. And I would put little treasures in my, uh -huh. as I was filling up my boxes and stuff with little treasures. Yeah. Um, I'd put them in my pocket. I'd bury them in the dirt. And, yeah. Yeah. Just like experimenting, mm -hmm. just seeing like what will happen, just kind of feeling exploratory. Yeah. I love that. I, I tend to believe that like all children are, are creative. Um, but I like to ask people who've kind of like ended up as professional artists, like just you know, what did that look like when you were little? So then what happened? Like when, when did you start? What was the next thing? Um, well, I just was always interested in painting and drawing and, and creating. Um, I didn't, you know, and I didn't have that language then growing up, but, um, my grandmother, um, on my father's side was an independent artist. That's mm. how she made her living and, um, wow. uh, painting morale posters and, a lot of um, calligraphy, and back then, you know, it was pretty rare for. Yeah. Um, um, and she was a single woman, and I just uh, was always influenced by her. I guess this was your but grandmother, my grandmother. Okay, um, but I always just was. It was just always part of my life, yeah. and um, and not that I grew up in a artistic family. I mean, my grandmother was, but she, we moved around a lot about, I went to eight different grade schools. Wow. And, um, so I, I think it was probably in high school when my art teacher, uh, Mr. Long, which is pretty much the only teacher I remember. Um, I was in Connecticut and, um, I was lucky enough to go to the same high school for four years. Okay. Um, and, uh, he, he was, uh, just very um, supportive. Yeah. I worked in ceramics and drawing and painting, and I remember him acknowledging me and um, in a positive way and being supportive. And I, because I moved around so much academically, I struggled yeah. because you were, we were always moving in the middle of school. So right. we were always, you know, you're either moving, uh, you either did 
fractions at the end of school and you moved right. away or beginning or you know how it goes. You kind of get lost in the shuffle. Totally. But um, art was always my, um, it was just always that place that I was yeah. comfortable and curious about. Yeah. So um, before you were in high school, what kinds of stuff were you drawing, painting? Were you doing ceramics before high school too? No. Mostly just drawing and painting. Yeah, probably. Or, and I don't even know if it was painting. I don't really remember. Um, I remember, um, you know, I didn't have access because we moved so much. And, um, and it was in the, you know, in the 70s. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there was more art then than there probably is now Isn't in the schools, sad? but yeah. ceramics wasn't available. Yeah. Um, ceramics didn't, I did ceramics in high school, but then I didn't, um, and then I did some in college, but really was after that, that I got, um, okay. really into, re- re- yeah. just do you work with other mediums now? I work with all different all mediums. Kinds of mediums. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that more. Yeah. So when you were, when you were younger, what, what kinds of things were you, were you drawing? Like, what were you kind of, I'm flowers. Cool. You know, flowers, if I think of, have to think about it, I've always been attracted to flowers, not realistic, you know, but, but that kind of yeah. loopiness of flowers, oh, I totally. guess that, you know, my, my drawings, um, tend to be more organic than, than right angles, yeah. you know, um, but, uh, I would make up little scenes, yeah. you know, of, um, with creatures and flowers and kind of, um, uh, different landscapes, yeah. things like that. Were you using a lot of color back then? Or yes. Mostly? So did, did that feel like a big part of it to you? Um, you know, I, I think I'm just asking because like, you know, if you're drawing like hands, the kind of like one color, but like flowers and landscapes give you the opportunity to like use a lot of color. Yeah, color has always been something that I've been attracted to and yeah. respond to and gravitate kind of to. Wondering if you were kind of choosing you know, compositionally things that would allow you to use a lot of color. You know, it wasn't that, I, there wasn't that much thought process yeah. of, you know, you just, it, then, you know, it was just whatever came naturally as children do. Totally. You know, it, it um, but um, I, I tend to ch- like saturated colors yeah. and like a lot of color. And I'm very curious about how colors um, uh, inform each other Yeah, and how they inform us, the way we live with them and, um, whether it's the way we, um, adorn ourselves or our homes or, um, how certain colors work together in nature, how certain colors fight each other. Yeah. Um, I'm still very curious I about that. Love to hear your thoughts about that. If you want to share any in particular or like any, anything that you're like, you know, specifically curious about lately, like, I just would love to hear more about kind of that thought. If you you have anything um well I think it's just what I said about you know how colors respond to each other yeah um with and I've been I've been working in oil and cold wax um uh all summer and then um and then I just switched over to acrylic because I go back and forth um so I'm just I mean there's nothing like really specific it's it just happens to be what I um if I'm out on a hike and I see yeah. a certain pink against a green or, um, and, and then I just, I just feel like th- I don't think specifically about that. I just think that if you have to trust the process and when you go back into the studio, I play, 
Yeah. With, 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 um, um, how colors interact with each other. Yeah. Do Do you know, do you feel like you have, um, like favorite sorts of palettes? Oh, sure. And, and do those, do those favorite palettes like change or are you kind of consistent? Um, they, I definitely have colors that I gravitate to, yeah. but, um, the more mature I get as an artist that, that changes. Yeah. Um, and also I consciously change it. Yeah. I'll use colors that, um, I'm, I'm, I don't normally gravitate to. Excuse me. Uh, you, and so that will inform a new palette. Yeah. Um, and then I've been, I wasn't formally cha- um, um, educated. Well, I was formally edu- educated. That's not true. I've got my bachelor's degree in in fine arts and in and my associate's degree in business. But in the seventies and eighties, and with a school that I went to, um, we didn't. We just didn't study color in a formal way. Really, um, which is which is fine with me because sometimes I think that that might um, create too many rules. Mm, yeah. um, so I. Um, I will introduce colors, like I said, that I'm not really um, prone to go to, yeah. and then um, and then I start mixing that palette um, and play with maybe a little bit more blue or warming it up or cooling yeah. it down, and then I like to be inspired by that, and then making choices in the studio as to what direction that goes, yeah. and just trust that the history of um, whether my observations of nature or in, in design, um, and from travels, it, it just comes through in the studio. Yeah. What, uh, what colors are you most like reliably drawn to? Um, probably pink. <laughs> pink too. Yeah. Um, greens and blues and, you know, the ochres, um, the the only ones it's easier to say what I'm not drawn to, yeah. and that's probably pastels and um, uh, monochromatic. Even though mm-hmm. there are certain situations, I I really it, it's appropriate, and um, I, I like to challenge myself, like uh, and 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 work with a limited palette because uh, I want to choose every every color in the in the crayon box. Yeah. You want all of them. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. So when you were like, you, you were in high school and working with this kind of first teacher who kind of, uh, really encouraged you. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of like, how, what do I want to ask? What sort of skill level do you feel like you had? I, I know that's a hard question to answer. Maybe like how serious were you about art before you were working with that teacher? I just want to get an idea of like I was in high school. I was thinking about being the new girl and and okay. you know in social things more so than I wasn't. I don't. I don't know how to answer that. You weren't there. really having this idea of like maybe I will be like an artist or like did oh, you? Oh, I feel- think I started to think about that in 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 high school. Okay, that's kind of yeah. What I mean, because then at the end of high school, you know, you start to think about college. Totally, it's not like it. it, it, it at least where I was raised and during that time and in, in my family, um, it, it's not like here where you start looking for colleges or now in, you know, when you're a sophomore, you know, I mean, it was, um, I, at the end of high school, 
I knew that I wanted to go to an art school. Okay. So if, if that's what you Yeah. Mean. Well, I'll, I'll be more specific. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by, you know, like I said, sort of the backstories of people who end up becoming professional artists. I think everyone's creative. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by like the, the points in our lives that, that kind of keep us going. On well, these I can tell paths. you, I mean, I can tell you the points in my life. Um, but it was, it, you know, there was, there was the high school as far as him just responding to me and yeah. being supportive. And I'll just tell you what I, you know, yeah. what my path was, yeah. you know? So, yeah. so Great. I went to, um, I decided to go to Keene State College, which was, I was living in Connecticut at the time and Keene State, um, is in New Hampshire. And at the time, I mean, this is how not serious I was, if that's the way you say it. I was a ski bum up at Stratton in Vermont, and um, the closest school to that was Keene State. That okay. was how important it was to me. Okay, you know, yeah, I so could hitchhike like, there in an hour. So, yeah. um, But Keene State also had just built a new art um, mm. program. So um, I went to school at Keene, and I um, had got my degree, my bachelor's degree in fine arts, um, which was great because it's a, it was a liberal art college. Um, so I was focusing on art in itself in all kinds of different mediums. I worked in sculpture. I worked in stained glass. I worked in painting. I um, got my bachelor's degree in, uh, I'm sorry, my bachelor's degree in fine arts. And then I got my associate's degree in business because my father was corporate and he was in, you know, during that time. And it's still a valid conversation, but what are you going to fall back on? Totally. Because not, um, nobody teaches you, at least in my world, how you're going to be an artist. I mean, no one's teaching it still. Yeah. I can can tell you. So, um, so I got my my associate's degree in business and also my associate's degree in graphic design. Okay. And then when I graduated, um, my parents were living in Omaha at the time, back to Omaha. So I moved there um, just to kind of get my bearings and just kind of decide what I was going to do and what that looked like. And I, I, so I got a job in an advertising agency because that's what you did as an artist. Okay. Um, and so I ended up being an, a, a um, account executive and what it was a small firm, which was really great. So I learned a lot. I got to work with the photographers and work with the designers. I was the liaison between the designers and the, and the um, clients okay. and communicating um, process and, and concepts. And, and so I learned, I learned a lot with that, but I also learned that that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can just get, keep going. You yeah. Just oh, I think I just you. want to st- I have okay. one, just one question. Okay, sure. So I'm, I'm specifically interested in kind of like these points at which I think we lose creatives. So I think a lot of people, um, are creative in high school, um, and then when they go to college, that's when they kind of stop. So I, I like to ask people like, you know, and, and I think it's probably like, it's a bit of a leading question, but like, what kind of gave you the the courage or like, you know, I think like calling ourselves an artist or like s- saying to people like, I'm going to college for art can sometimes like elicit a different reaction than telling someone like, I'm going to college for pre-med or business or something. So I I like to kind of just get like an idea of, you know, to the best of your memory, when you were kind of making that decision to like major in art, 
Um, how did you kind of feel about like this idea of like, I'm an artist, I'm going to be a professional artist. Um, you know, did that feel kind of gutsy to you or did it just feel like this is what I'm doing? Um, it was just what I was going to do. I don't think, I don't, I try not to think too much about what other people are thinking. Oh, sure. So I just, I, I think I, 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 I just believed in myself yeah. and, um, that's more what I'm curious about. Like, yeah. How do you have the kind of confidence to like, you know, I, I mean, again, it's, it's a bit, it's kind of a leading question, but I am curious about kind of just what's going on in, in a, you know, a young mind and kind of like, you know, when you're at that age, like your identity can be so like wishy-washy, like I can be a lot of things. And Oh, sure. I mean, there's, it wasn't like I said, I was going to be an artist and that was it. There yeah. were, there are so many choices in life. Totally. I mean, I think that, um, stress wise, it was, I mean, it was stressful because I have a business side of me yeah. and I was raised in a biz business environment and I have a creative side and I don't think that there's, I don't think it's black and white and I don't think it's a 50, yeah. 50. I think there is creativity in business and there is business and creativity. I really, really relate to that. So, um, I, but I did struggle with what direction to yeah. go because the, um, practical side of me, obviously, totally. you know, was yeah. business and, and also the influence of my, of my father. Yeah. Um, my dad's a business owner too. Yeah. I, I and I don't, I also don't have artists in my family. Mm -hmm. So for me, that decision to like major in music was very like, I feel worried about it, you know, but yeah. like, it, and it was really like, I was, I was drawn to it, but I also felt like, how am I going to make this work? Cause I also sure. have this really practical thing. Uh huh. So yeah, I mean, I like to ask people about kind of that moment where you're kind of as this, you know, such a young person, you know, if you're going to college, you know, make this decision of like, I'm majoring in art. And like, what does that mean to you at that point? Yeah, I, there was no one moment where it was like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It, it, there were a lot of choices and a lot of paths, yeah. you know, different paths and choices along the way. And I, that is part of my, that is part of my creative being. Yeah. It's the way that I, that I navigate life yeah. is, um, you know, and I don't, again, I didn't have that language when I was that age, Sure, but, um, the, um, creative choices, whether they're in your studio working on a canvas or a sculpture, or whether you're deciding to, move, you know, take on a studio or move yeah. this studio or approach this gallery or, um, or take a business class yeah. or whatever that is all part of the, that is all part of the decision-making along yeah. the way. So I, fully I, agree. I, I never thought I'm going to be a painter. I'm going to be a sculptor. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have children. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have children. Yeah. It was all, um, I was always curious about um, what would come up. Yeah. Based Just on kind my of choices. Open and paying attention. Some of those choices were good. Some of those yeah. choices were bad. But um, when, when I say, and good and bad, you know, I, I kind of like to stay away from that. Some of them were, um, but better than others, productive, but I, yeah, yeah productive. <laughs> um, but I would have to say I, I probably learned more from my, the 
wrong decisions. Yeah. Oh, well, but, we all do, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it was, um, um, and being in school and being an art major and also focusing on business, I, I like to, I like the dance between the left and the right side of my brain. Yeah. Um, I feel that so way too. That's I don't know if that answers your question, yeah, I like, but it was I just, just like the, to ask people because I, mm-hmm. I feel like some of the people that I talk to, um, they're not they don't have that dance between left and right brain. They're yeah. just like fully like I don't know, like just it's just it's just totally different from how I see what I'm doing, which is why I like to ask because you know I say this on the podcast all the time, but I think the professional artist, whatever your medium is, you know, whether it's music, film, there's such a weird mystique around it, I think. Um, And so I like to kind of just, you know, um, talk to people so we, you know, can kind of all see like we're, we, there's so much variety in like what we're doing Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of just like get those backstories of like, how did, how did you, how did you get here? What was it like for you? Um, Were you kind of like, an artist like through and through from the time you were a child where like you were never thinking about that like business stuff you know Mm -hmm. I'm curious about it um okay great so you were kind of one foot in front of the other like making these decisions sort of just open and curious um I really relate to that I think I'm I think I'm the same way um and then you found yourself in Omaha at this advertising agency and kind of realized this is not this is not what I... Yeah, and that's what I meant by um, some of the choices. Not that it was a wrong choice, um, but it was um, it was a good choice. And I learned a lot, but I also learned the, what I didn't want to do. Yeah. And um, so I was, like I said, I was living in Omaha, and then I had the opportunity to move to Utah. I came at, well, I was, actually, I lived in Atlanta for a couple of months and worked for an advertising agency, and then came out to Utah to Park City with my family and there was an opportunity that there was a, a gallery up there, a, a, um, a jewelry business actually that um, needed somebody to work for them. And I wasn't happy in Atlanta. Yeah. So um, and I and my parents had a condo there. So I had the opportunity to live there and I went I moved to Utah to Park City in 1987 and went to work for this woman. And she, um, it was the family jewels. And then she also owned a business called the Picture Framing Annex. And my father, what it, her business was for sale. Okay. And so my father and I discussed it and he co-signed a loan for me. Wow. And I bought the picture framing annex in 1987. Wow. And, um, that's was, big. I, was, I mean, that's oh, it was huge. huge. It was huge. I was 26 years well, old. And also it, is this the first time that you had, I mean, it certainly can't be, but like, also you moved to a brand new place like by yourself. Oh yeah. I did that right? all, my, all did, my life though. I mean, all the time. I moved with my family all the time and then I just, I moved very easily by myself. Yeah. 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 I'm like that too. Just like. Yeah. I, where are you from? I grew up in Arizona and then I, I went to college in Texas. Um, I didn't, I didn't know anybody there and it just, mm-hmm. it was hard for like a day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, a. My my dad drove out with me to like, you know, move in. Uh-huh. And then uh, I dropped my dad at like the Dallas Fort Worth airport, which is really big 
airport. Sure. I don't know if you've been there. It's I like, have. it's huge. I dropped my dad off there and then I had like a, like a little panic, like driving back to wherever my house was, you know, and this was before smartphones. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so I had like a little bit of panic being like, I'm in a weird city and there's a lot of freeways and I d- really don't know where I live. Mm-hmm. Can I find my, my new house again? And then after that day, it just was like, well, I live here now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. moved, I, I moved all the time. Yeah. I mean, I would move to the beach with five people or by myself yeah. or I moved to, yeah, I didn't know anybody in Utah when I moved there. Yeah. And then nine months later bought the, bought, bought the business. business. Yeah. That's crazy. And then I, ha- and it was a, um, a framing business, but then I turned it into an art gallery with original yeah. art and changed the name to the flat rabbit gallery. How did you, how did you start getting artists, um, in the gallery? Like how did you how did you do it? I mean, I know that is a big question, but yeah, you just start things. relationships and conversation yeah. and, um, making choices about, you know, who you want to represent. And then they, then they started coming to me. So it was a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. What felt, um, what was like the hardest part about that? Like, what was the thing that was having employees. Yeah. Yeah. I had six employees and, um, that, that was difficult. Well, and also it's just, you know, having your own business is, uh, it's a lot of people's dreams and it is a, it's a great thing. My dad laughs. I mean, my dad kind of says that I always did everything, everything to try to not work for somebody else. Yeah. But, um, it, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. really hard. And um, it, I never made any art during that time mm. because I had six employees and a framing business and was focusing on paying taxes and rent sure. and everything else and wasn't a huge moneymaker, but it did allow me a lifestyle um, where I was cre- being creative and yeah. working with creative people. Um and then I kind of saw the writing on the wall as far as Park City and the direction mm-hmm. that the prices were going. And yeah, because Park City was a lot less like, oh, fancy back then. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that was eight. That was nineteen eighty-seven to ninety-three. I sold. I sold the business in ninety-three. How old were you when you bought? When you like bought the business? Twenty-six. Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. Do you feel like proud of that? Like. Yeah. I mean, I think back and I am proud of my young, younger self. Yeah. And And it was, you know, having my, having my father in a position where he could co-sign alone, you know, was important. I mean, he didn't give me the money. He, he co-signed that loan and having people that support you that way, um, is really important. But I took that very, very seriously. My name was on that, you know, that, that was, um, um, my responsibility to yeah. to make those decisions, and uh, I, I learned a lot. I, d- I don't, you know, I don't think at the time I realize. I look back on that, and it was very valuable in the sense that I'm a full time artist that has the ex- now studio artist that has the experience of owning the gallery. Yeah. So I know the business side of it. Yeah. And when, when people, and during that time it was 60, 40, you know, 60% for the artist and 40% for the, for the, um, gallery. And then it changed to 50, 50. And I know a lot of people have a hard time with that. A lot of artists, um, 
Sure, I'd rather have it be 60-40, but the, but the reality is is to own a gallery and pay the overhead so is, is really expensive. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes, you know, that, that it's a partnership that you have with the gallery yeah. as an artist. Yeah. Um, they need you and you need them. And the more, um, and, and I happen to be very lucky to have, um, uh, right now I have two great galleries and I've been with Trove Gallery in Park City that used to be Coda Gallery. And, and I've been, they've represented me for 17, 18 years wow. now. And it's a relationship. It's a partnership. Yeah. And, um, and then Coda Gallery in, used to be in Park City, New York and Palm Desert. Okay. So I'll tell you this. This was um, um, kind of back up a little yeah. bit. So I sold the gallery because one, I saw the writing on the wall price wise, you know, the, the rents and things like that. But also, I made a decision for myself that I wanted to be a working artist. I didn't want to become 65 years old, work until I was 65, and mm -hmm. then say, okay, now mm -hmm. I have the freedom to be an artist. Yeah. Financially, that might have been a better decision, mm -hmm. but it, I don't regret it. I yeah. mean, I'm being, that's tongue in cheek a little bit, but. Um, no, I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. So you I have sold the resources you have, and one of those is time, and one of those is money, and. Yeah. And know, it's a one dance. of those is youth and. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. So I sold the I sold the gallery, which was very it was difficult because when you have a gallery, you have a lot of blue sky. But um, those are kind of boring details. But anyway, I sold that, and then I started. Um, uh, I used to make jewelry when I was in college, and um, that's how I would work during the summer for a jeweler. So I started in, um, you know, kind of getting back into jewelry and then, cause I did, wasn't sure what that, yeah. what that looked like yeah. being, you know, being a full-time artist. So, and, and no then, one knows. yeah. And then, um, well, some people are really focused, like they know they want to be painter or they know they want to be a sure. sculptor. Yeah. Um, still don't know what it looks like though. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, and then I started taking classes at the, um, at the time the Salt Lake Art Center had a ceramic studio downstairs and I started taking classes there and got really hooked on ceramics. Okay. And, and then, um, after I was there for about two years and then I took classes at the university and I just started gathering information. I was just so hungry for it. I was doing glaze calculation and advanced throwing and, um, did a lot of workshops down at Anderson Ranch where I was learning from different teachers. And in hindsight, I realized that what I was doing is that's really where I was cultivating um, a lot of information and creating my education. Yeah. Um, and I love uh, that creating my education. Like maybe you said that even on accident, but that's really yeah. It was that's really it, it, like a beautiful thought. It was, and and I have taken so many workshops with different people that I could never have gotten that in education in a in in a formal situation like yeah. at a university with that many different totally. people. Well and I I also really relate to this feeling of like I want to be creative. I'm interested in all these things. I also feel very satisfied by like the creativity of business. Mm -hmm. Uh but then I also really want to do like capital A as I call it, capital A art. Um you know, like the really fine art. Um and you know, when you have kind of these various interests and various it's really hard to have like a degree plan really support all of that sure 
So I, I relate to that too. And kind of feeling like I, I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in jazz studies, um, which is very focused. And when I finished felt very like, what, what else? <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, didn't feel like enough. Yeah. So I, I also kind of feel like, you know, I have all these interests. How can I like, you know, bring them all into like, you know, a, 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 a business that's kind of just my projects. Mm-hmm. So I, I, is that how you feel about it? Kind of like just how many, um, I'm not sure what you're asking. I don't know. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, yeah. I just feel like I have all these interests and I want to be involved in all of them. I want to find a way to have like the business that is like my kind of freelance career. Yeah. Have, you know, hands in as many pies as I can. Right. Yeah. Um, and I that's think, well, I think as me. a creative person, that's, um, you know, sometimes you get like some people are more specific and, and I happen to work in a lot of different mediums and, but I, I don't. I don't think that I want to do the same thing every day, seven days a week or whatever, whether it's all business or all art. I don't, I think as a, and that comes from, from maturity too. I mean, when I was grow, when I was growing up, like you said, like in, in college and, and even after, you know, do I want to be a business person? Do I want to be an artist? Do I want to be a sculptor? Do I want to be a potter? Do I want to do realism? Do I want to do abstraction? I mean, there, there's, like all these questions and you can only do so much of it in your brain and, and you make choices and then you have to just do the work. Yes. And that's, um, you just have to show up and do the work and trust the work and then follow and follow that path. Yeah. Um, and I think when, um, I, I, I had the opportunity to go to graduate school when I was 37 and I got into graduate school at university of Miami down in Coral Gables and in, in ceramics. And I ended up only going for a year and a half because it, for me, I wanted to create art and it was a little too academic for me at that mm-hmm. time. So long story short, what I did was I took, I was, and then I was at Utah State for a semester and then I, I just had to take a break so that I could feel myself, you know, to check in with myself. Absolutely. And I, I went down to Mexico. Um, I have a friend that lives down in Mexico as, is an artist and I had the opportunity to work in a studio there and I went for a month and I stayed for three and I had that clarity that I wanted to be a working artist in my studio, supporting myself. And I had everything that I needed for that, except for the confidence. Yeah. And so I got the confidence and I was like, I just, I don't need graduate school. I don't need to take another workshop. I just need to do it. Yeah. So that's when I came back to Park City. I called a friend of mine and he had studio space open and I came back and I got into, I can't remember the, I did the Park City Arts Festival. Yeah. And, um, and then I got into, um, I used a couple of images and I got accepted to the um, Sun Valley Arts Festival. Okay. And I used that opportunity to put together a body of work. Okay. And um, because I needed a body of work, I'd been work in school and I'd had pieces here and yeah. there, but I needed a solid, what I felt was a solid body of work. So what I did was I made this body of work for the show. And then before I left, I invited a gallery owner 
Connie um, Katz, who owns who owned at the time the Coda Gallery, okay. to come see the body of work, and she brought her director from New York, and they um, they bought the whole show. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, amazing. that that was a pivotal moment yeah. for sure. And that kind of validation is yeah. And they have three galleries. They had a gallery in New York, a gallery in Park City, and a gallery in Palm Desert. Okay. So um, from there on, they they represented me in all three galleries, and I had three shows in New York, three in Palm Desert, and three in Park City in about seven years. Wow. You know, and um, seven, eight, maybe longer than that, nine years. And those are you mean like three brand new bodies of work. Is that what you mean? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. There were, there were, um, like, I can't remember. I had a show a year for, for about nine years. And what, uh, what mediums were you working with at that point? Sculpture. I was working in, um, ceramics and, um, and wood. And I was also, I started creating these, um, bodies, these torsos in ceramics and, um, and then beading them. Um, so I was collecting beads yeah. and those became, um, d- I did really well with them. I had a lot yeah. of collectors that, in, that, um, um, in all three galleries that were, um, collecting them. And, yeah. uh, and then I ended up casting them in bronze. I made the decision to cast them in bronze cool. and, um, Adonis bronze over here. Yeah. I've, I've worked with them for a long time. Okay. So, um, and then I have, you know, I make them in different sizes and different patinas and I get to go to the bead show and collect beads yeah. from all over. And That's awesome. Yeah. It's really fun. It's um, been great. How, where did that, where did you get that confidence when you were in Mexico and you kind of had this thought of like, the thing I'm missing is confidence. Was it like a decision? No. Uh, how did and, you do and it? It wasn't like I thought the thing I missed, I mean, it wasn't like it was literally a- the thing I'm missing is confidence. I... But I do remember, I do remember a clear thought saying, I have everything I need. I just need to do the work. Okay. Yeah. And so are, is what you're saying, like the confidence comes from like, the more you do it and the more it's been done, you know, the more you can look behind you and think like, I've done all of this. Yeah. Well, I think that the confidence was, is, I don't I think that the confidence comes, um, comes and goes. Yeah. And, um, I, I know that I just have to keep showing up and doing the work, Mm -hmm. but there's, we can always think I just need one more class, you know, or I just need this kind of art supplies or I just need this education from this university. Um, and I just need to learn how to do this. And I am a workshop junkie. There's no doubt about that. Love I love to learn. Yeah. And I love the what if. Yeah. Like, what if I did this? And yeah. what if I did that? Me too. I was so relate to that. But then I just have, but then you have to edit. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I'm really, uh, yeah. And I'm very, and I'm good at doing it in my brain. And, but there's a point point where you have to have that balance where you just get in the studio and start working. I so, so get like that too. That's what the thing was in Mexico that it was like, I don't need to go to finish graduate school. I, I mean, I it probably would have working. been good for me if I was younger and I was going and I wanted to teach. Um, or if I, the other thing I, I'd have to say to my younger self too, 
I mean, I went and looked at that graduate school to see if it was a good fit, and I thought it was, but I didn't ask the right questions mm. of myself or of them. Mm. And and in hindsight, I would have. There are certain universities and graduate programs that that gear more towards maybe teaching. At the sure, time, there sure. were, and then and and and. Then I learned later there are certain schools that it's like we're not going to teach you to teach. You know, you learn you learn your craft and you learn you know whatever it is about your your process and and being yeah. an artist, and and then that comes. Yeah. So I would have gone more towards somebody with that was their their uh, mission statement, if sure. you will. I. I really relate to everything you're saying. Like, I get very curious about things. I get very excited about things. I I get totally like romanced by that what if all the time. And I can I can see myself like doing this thing, and I can see myself doing this thing, and uh, and yeah, it's it. But like, I feel like that kind of thing of like taking action, like here all these things. All right, let's do a thing. That's a practice. Like, oh, for sure. It yeah. feels like that to me. Like, you just kind of get in the habit and get in the practice of just like jumping in, you know, fiddling around, working on stuff, getting good at stuff, and then checking in every, you know, few years and kind of thinking, like, all right, is it time to like go back and try something new or do I go farther on this? Or, yeah. I, I feel that way about my projects as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to ask one more thing about, uh, when you did the show in Sun Valley, Mm -hmm. um, and the, the gallery owners bought your work, um, that type of a validation can be so important for an artist, you know, and I want to ask about like, like that, but also with this idea of like, you know, not, not trying to care what people think. Like those are, that's a value that I think is like really important. Um, you know, not trying to make decisions based on what people think, but also you, you need people to right. buy your work. It's, it's not that cut and dry. Yeah. You know, as like, like I said, so I mean, how do you balance those things? It's, um, well, it's a, cha- it's a challenge and it, it's a challenge too, because I am, um, I, I am a business. Like I've been incorporated since 1987. I'm a full-time artist, but it's also a business. It's my livelihood. And, um, and so there's, there's a couple of things that I'm thinking about. One is, is I have to think about, I don't have the luxury to just go in my studio and make graduate work art it, yeah. it is is kind of how I say it mm-hmm. where where it's really coming my work does come from my gut but I'm also a business person yeah. and I also owned a gallery and it can't, it can't help but think about marketing yeah because you have to that's that's you what I do but well and it's also what I I also enjoy it yeah it's like you were saying you know I like the business the the going back and forth between the business part of it and the creating part of it. But what I have to do is now is I have to be really thoughtful about turning that off and on. Mm -hmm. So when I go in my studio and I'm creating, I'm turning that off. 
and I am I'm really present with the materials and and whatever it is that I'm doing. You mean you're turning off the marketing? I'm turning yeah. off the marketing. Okay. Yeah, I'm turning off the the voices, yeah. other people's voices. Yeah, I really and I I um, recently what I really have had a lot of conversations with artists. Kind of this might be off subject, but I don't think it is. Is Go for social it. is social media? Yeah. Um, you can really get wrapped up in that, and I. I've been kind of mourning uh, the the days when I was in my studio and I didn't have a phone and I didn't have mm-hmm. Instagram. It's great in it in the sense that it connects us and I'm teaching a lot, so it, that you know that is great. And then and I see work from artists all over the world and get inspired by that. But also it makes your brain start to, um, you're, you're curating mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. Instagram or Facebook. I took Facebook off of my phone. So, yeah. um, but, and, and there's, there, it's important, but now I keep it out of my studio. Yeah. And yeah. so I, um, and then my, I, I like to work in semesters. That's kind yeah. of how I say it. So I go in and. I'm just, I've been working in my studio for eight weeks painting. Now I'm raising my head a little bit and looking at what I'm doing. And th- in the sense of starting to, you know, I'm taking pieces to the gallery on Wednesday and I'm meeting with people that are coming to see the work. Mm. And there's that kind of, that that yeah. process. Um, I'm leaving for Santa Fe next week to teach. And then uh, through October, moving my studio. And then in November, um, I'm going to get back in the studio for a while. Yeah, I see. So yeah, it kind goes, of, it's my like world goes kind of. in those, um, um, yeah, like seasons. in semesters. Yeah, semesters. yeah in seasons, I, right. I get it. But it's back to your question, um, you know, is this the, the, the Instagram or the, or the, the, the critic in your brain, you know, it's, I have to create space for myself where I'm hearing my voice, not mm-hmm. some, and mm-hmm. and I can tell the difference between my voice and somebody else's. Yeah, and and, and in order to do that, I have to um, spend time by myself and and be outside. As as an artist, I just need time to dream. I've I really I've, I've like everything you're saying. I'm like I feel it so much. I feel like I'm 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 similar to you, but yeah, just you know, I don't know. I was. I, I think the the age that I am has a different type of relationship to that social media stuff mm-hmm. that I personally like really wrestle with because I also feel like I, I can sense that it distracts me from like the type of creativity that I really want to be doing, but I also know it's like important. Well, and we're here, we're doing it right now. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. 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 Right. Which is going right. to be put on social media. Yeah. So yes. there's a, it's a tool. Yeah. And, but I think that we're, it's still so new in the scope of the world. Yeah. Um, that it, we got a little carried away with it. It's yeah. like we drank the Kool-Aid and, yeah. and it's really, I, I think it in, in order to be authentic for me yeah. and be in my studio and have the relationship that I want to have with the, with the, the materials yeah. and, mm-hmm. and the concept of what yeah. I'm doing, I need to be able to hear my own voice. I, I feel the same way, which is why like I, you're right. Like I, I started this podcast for a lot of reasons among them is like, I hate, I hate using social media. Uh, and this gives me, this gives me a way to, you know, have something every week that I can post that I feel really good about, you Uh know, that I feel is very like, 
um, it's like it's therapeutic. It's inspiring to me. It sparks my curiosity. It gives me plenty. Well, that's a good tool. And, and you're using it as a tool. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. support that, obviously. Yeah. But it's it's just checking in with ourselves totally. like anything, you know. Having if you're, to think about it doing something too much or, or how it's a, how, and even on a deeper level, how it's affecting your life yeah, and, and, um, how you're interacting with people and yourself and your work as, as an, as an artist. I love this idea of like how you're interacting with your work. I, I don't think it's like an original idea, but you know, kind of thinking about it in a new way as I'm talking with you. Um, I really feel that way too. And like the music that I make is very kind of niche. It's not the kind of music that, um, is widely like not uh, like plenty of people would just not like it. Uh, but I really like it. And when I, and that's part of the reason why like social media makes me feel sick sometimes. Cause when I'm seeing all these things that are like very popular, mm-hmm. I start thinking like, Oh, do I need to be doing that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I just can't, it's the things that I love and the things that really move me. They just, they aren't those things. And there's, and that's kind of like what we were talking about before. And that's how I'm starting to look at social media as well saying, okay, I see somebody that it, it and it is curated. We have to remember that, yeah, you know, it's that the highlight reel. is putting up their selling, supposedly selling their work online and they have this that they're doing and this that they're doing. And, and I start thinking when I get in 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 trouble in the sense that it interferes with my work and my 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 vision is when I start thinking oh I should be doing this and I should be doing that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what I'd really love is an assistant for 10 hours a week mm-hmm. that um that knows social media and 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 can do that and because I do everything and I do everything myself yeah. except for my accounting and I'm not saying that in a sense that um woe is me yeah I'm a control freak a little bit but yeah. also <laughs> that's the life of an artist yeah, right that's totally. a life of it is a business and yeah if I was to create a, a, a um, class university, it would be not just a business class, but it would be business as a create, you know, as a creator. Yeah. And if you go online and you go in social media, there's all kinds of people that want to teach you how to do it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, my goal, and this is backing up to talking about the galleries, they sell my work and that's giving them 50% allows me to be in my studio right. and I have to go back to my touchstone how what allows me to be in my studio creating yeah and then and and learning all of the social media and doing all the social media mm. to the extent that I feel like I should be doing it it's a distraction the learning curve is and mm-hmm. and doing it is a distraction so I'm trying to learn what work like you were saying what yeah. works for me yeah you know going on Facebook every Friday that works for mm-hmm. me. Um, and uh, and what am I interested in? It doesn't have to be what everybody else is interested yeah. in. And and learning to trust that, that that will become, it's the same with, with, yeah. with your work. Mm-hmm. That voice or whatever music you're creating mm-hmm. is going to, because it's something that interests you and you feel visceral about that's mm-hmm. what's going to make it authentic. I totally agree. I try, I try, I like when you said before that you went to Mexico to like check in with yourself. I really, I relate to that idea too of like, okay, let's just, let's go on a hike. Let's just like, let's take a day all alone. I'm going to go on like, you know, a, a five hour walk by myself and just 
like, okay, what do I like? Right. What do I want? <laughs> yeah, road trips are that for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I do a lot of road trips. And and it for me to drive, you know, like next week I'm driving down to Santa Fe in Abiquiu yeah. to paint and I'm going to be by myself. I probably won't have any music or anything yeah, on in the car. Reflect. I just dream, just, like you said. I just start to, you need space to daydream. I need space I, to daydream. I'm, I'm the same way. So I think we're we're coming up on an hour and I know you need to go. <laughs> we have about 10 minutes. <laughs> I um, went fast. I know it's crazy. That's why like sometimes I do like two hours because I, I really like to kind of, it takes me a minute. I like to use the first portion to kind of just get a vibe for someone sure. so that I know kind of maybe what we should talk about together. Um, uh, so, you know, my podcast is called Artifice, which I think is a word that creeps a lot of people out. But uh, because, you know, we, we talk a lot as artists about like being authentic and, but then there's this thing where it's like, but people need to buy your stuff as we've been talking about. So, um, in like the intro to the podcast, uh, there's, I say something about like, you know, balancing vulnerability with a veneer and, and I, I, I'm with you that it's, it's not a balance as in like each thing needs to be 50, 50. It's a balance. Like when you go in the studio, you're 100% mm-hmm. vulnerable. And then when, and then you come back in and, and, and veneer a little bit as you're kind of doing your business side. Um, and then there's also this con, this idea of like your identity and like how much of yourself is in the art. Um, is there a certain like version of yourself that you feel like you channel? Is there a certain version of yourself that like, you know, keeps a little wall up when you're pitching to galleries so that you feel just anything. I know I just said a lot, but do you have any other thoughts about this kind of like the vulnerability, the veneer, your identity, who you are in your art and how you kind of handled that, all that trickiness? You know, I don't separate them. I mean, I'm, I'm 58 years old and I've been doing this for so long and I've, I've had such a rich life and I, I'm at a place and I'm just getting going. I mean, I haven't even created my best art yet. Um, so I don't, and I don't know if this is going to answer your question or not, but, but, um, the versions of me is all connected. My art is my life and my life is my art. And that might sound kitschy, but it's true. I mean, it's just, I don't separate the two. Um, I do separate, you know, like when I say that I, you know, you have the marketing part and the business part and the part, you know, when, when you're in your studio, but, um, like, I think like this class that I'm teaching next week, I'm co-teaching it with Lauren Montecon down in, in Santa Fe. And it's called the space between intention and intuition. Mm, mm. That's the space that I like That's to be in, totally. whether it's, you know, in my studio working on a canvas or a sculpture and the same with the business. Yeah. You know, you, you can set your intentions for um, what you're going to do and, but, and, and then trusting your intuition yeah. To, to make those choices. Yeah. And um, does that feel linear to you? You know, it, I can be really methodical about like talking about it. And I like there's there's it's it's funny you say that because I can um, I like creating situations where I can be methodical in my like I'm going to go in the studio and I'm going to work on these 12 by 12 um, panels and I'm like right okay let me back up like right now I'm I'm working on this series of paintings where I'm 
I'm painting, I'm going outside and painting, which I've never done before Mm. and not in a traditional plein air way because I'm not a, I'm not a realist painter, Mm. but I'm gathering, uh, mark making and colors and forms and I'm painting really fast. And then, um, and then I'm taking those and taking them back into my studio and then I'm ripping them up and collaging them. Yeah. And then I'm going, taking those into the other studio and I'm painting from those. So to Mm. me, that's pretty methodical Mm -hmm. in that, in that intent. Yeah. But there's a whole lot of yeah. juice in between there that 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 will by the act of doing it will throw those in different directions. Totally. Um so and then I, you know, create situations where I'm going to go and I don't know travel to a place where I can do that. Yeah. Um but I don't know, I'm kind of getting off subject. No, like I think you're totally on subject. I mean, know, I I really have struggled that with this podcast, with trying to figure out how to ask these questions, because I worry that the way that I ask it, uh, will, will kind of make people be like, well, I don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, but what do you, do? you know, like what's, what what's you your version? Like, I don't know how to ask it. Cause I, I think we all are doing some version of like, you know, and, and I don't know, like, do we think of them as binaries or do we, that's why I asked if it's linear, like this space between intention and intuition. I think that's the same thing. It's the same. I don't know what words to put yeah, on and it. And sometimes I understand that because it's, it's abstract. So, totally abstract. So, and it's so personal. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes it is linear. Like sometimes it has to be for me. Yeah. Um, and there is, it, there's so many different levels to it because it's not um, like my goal one of one of my many goals is to be able to make my art and be able to keep my lights on. Now that sounds really simplistic. Of course, yeah. I'd 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 like to make money and be able to be independently wealthy because of my art. And there are moments when I can, and then moments when I can't. Yeah. Because the nature of selling art is it 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 comes and goes as we know and the business part of me is um you know how many galleries are you in and where and what kind of work are am i making so so my sculptures for instance are um they're very expensive they're expensive because the materials are expensive i'm using crystals and pearls and turquoise and bronze and 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 so they're expensive within themselves. And when, and, and sometimes it'll take years for something to sell. And sometimes it's in two hours. Yeah. And I don't want to be, um, uh, um, a slave to that, if you will, as yeah. far uh, so kind of because at the mercy I see of it. Yeah. So from that, from those beads that I have that I've been collecting for years, I'm making a line of jewelry. Yeah. which is full circle back to because I used to make jewelry. And I was like, why don't I make jewelry with the beads I'm not using in my sculpture? Right. So then I'm making jewelry. And this is the, you know, it, which is super fun. I mean, yeah. I tr- keep creating things that I want to do. Yeah. Right. But it's also things yes. like I liken it to if you have a business and you say you have a clothing store, you have to have your jeans. Your yeah. jeans are what sells the keep your lights on, right? Right. And then you have your cashmere sweaters and oh, then you right. have whatever. Yeah. So the marketing part of that, I don't think of that so much when I'm making the actual necklace, but right. I, those are a certain price point, yeah. but there, but it's still, you know, you, you could have an artist that would say, and, and, you know, there used to be a time when it's like, you're selling out. I don't, I don't have those conversations mm-hmm. because, yeah. um, 
I'm right. making what I want to make. This is totally what I mean. This is, it's perfect. These are the perfect answers. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's not a, because I, again, I think sometimes when I say like artifice, people are like, ooh, because they, they get this little selling out thing. But I'm more interested in like, no, in this, in like your body of work, like how are you balancing these things? Right. So you, you, you know, I'm, maybe this isn't exactly right, but in your, in your sculptures, um, there's, there's, it's all vulnerable. It's all like this high art, you know, uh, it's, it's this one thing. It's and a risk. It's risky. It's yeah. totally risky. There's no, you're not balancing it. You're not thinking about, you know, these, um, how marketable is this? Like, that's not the, maybe the question, Right. but then that can be totally pure or, you know, again, like what words, words are, words are hard. Words mm-hmm. mean things. Right. Um, but then you can take like, these beads which are like related to this project and you can do something with those beads that are like more like a a lower price point um you know more just kind of like regular everyday normal things that people buy in a good way again not in like a and everybody's different I mean there are some artists that are very successful in doing you know that all they do is paint it's just not in my nature I mean I and everything informs everything else like for me the the and I I've learned that you know six to eight hours in the studio straight painting isn't necessarily a good thing. It's more productive if I go in for two hours mm-hmm. and then go bead for a couple of hours mm-hmm. um, because they and then go for a hike for a couple of hours. My um, teacher kind of... and friend Nicholas Wilton has taught me that, and he really um, he he talks about that and and it's and it's true. I think because it's like having a fresh eye. Even in the studio, when you turn around from your project and you look at it again, that's a fresh eye. Mm-hmm. And my um, goal is to, is to be able to be creating, and as long as I'm creating, that is it. That's adding to my to to the richness of my work. Yes. Um, recently, I guess it was two. It's been two years now. I'm so I'm the working artist for Golden Paints for the state of Utah. Cool. Great. It's very cool. And I, so this is a good, I'll, I'll be kind of quick about it, but the, the way this happened is I was in Penland, which is a great, um, um, art school that's in North Carolina. And there was somebody that was teaching, um, uh, Phil Garrett. I think that's how you pronounce your name. Sorry, Phil, if I got that wrong, but, um, he was painting and he was, he was a working artist for golden paints. And I was like, what is that? I want to do that. (laughs) And, um, and then I came back to Utah and I called Golden Paints and they didn't have anybody in Utah and they weren't interested at the time. Yeah. Three years okay. later, they put out a call on Facebook that they were looking for a working artist for the state of Utah. So I applied and whoever else applied, um, they we did a phone. In, it was a pretty extensive uh, um, application. And then we did a phone interview and then they came out at Patty Brady, who started the program, interviewed me and I got the job. Great. And then they started training me. And so it was, um, it was about a year and a half of training between going to places and learning and also the book and learning about their acrylic line and their, Mm. and their oil line, Williamsburg oil, and also core watercolor. So what I do is I give 20, um, lecture demos around the state of Utah And Idaho and Wyoming and in some other places, there's 40 of us total around the country and internationally. 
And um, I'm I so the the lecture demo is two hours. And the first half of it is talking about the paint products, and the second half is talking about mediums and gels and mm. and paste. And it's free for people, wow. and they get a little goodie bag. Aww. But yeah, but it, and and I just did went up in Logan for the Watercolor Society, yeah. and their reaction was, "Oh my God, I feel like I just got a, a college education in two hours." Wow. I mean, I would have loved to have this information yeah. when I was in school. Okay, thank you for telling us. That's oh, yeah. awesome. It's really awesome. But my, but it, besides plugging it, I'm yeah. uh, the the point is is that's a way that's for another. me to create cash in doing something that I love that is informing my work as a painter. And I have met so many people through this process. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also teaching workshops, whether it's like a day workshop or a three-day workshop at Jackson Hole on oil and cold wax. So it has enriched my art practice. Yeah, Like I, I, I knew that I wanted to do it, but I had no idea that it was going to be how like meaningful. Yeah. yeah. And in, in, on so many levels. Yeah. And not I, to mention the people at Golden and that I've, that I've met through there. That's so important. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love this too. I love seeing evidence of artists being as creative about like how they're building their career as they are about how they're making their like you know, the capital right. A art that I talk about. Yeah. Um, it's really beautiful. I find it very fascinating. And I think those are the stories that we just don't tell as often. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about the the big art. We talk about the big, the the capital A, the expensive art. Uh, we don't talk that much about like how we're doing it, you know, like how we're. Right. And I think, you know, when you say the capital A, I think, I think that's interesting because I think there's so many different levels of who are we to say what's art no, and what I don't, isn't art, I, right? Words are so limiting in these ways. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, a whole nother conversation, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's a, there's a there's a book that I just read and I'm going to I'm I I can't remember the author's name um but it's called um Trusting the Process mm. and it's a it's about creating it, it's about trusting their process of being creative. Yeah. Um no matter what it is whether it's in business or or visual arts or uh, any anything that's creative yeah. or even in your home or in your life because I think that we um um, we're starving for that as a culture. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to touch into some kind of creativity in their in their life. Yeah, we're really lucky we get to do it all the time. I know, I know, I, I know. know. Well, but and I think it's like, hard sometimes. Too. And I think people get confused about it. Like you know, like people who aren't touching creativity all the time in their lives, they look at people who are and maybe think like there's something different about those people or like. Those people are better at things than me. And that's why I like to give us the opportunity to say like, no, no, it's hard work and it's showing up. But I mean, and this book touches on that as well. Um, But it's, it's, it's about choice and it's about hard work. And I do believe, you know, there's conversations about your muse and, and there's, you know, when people say, you know, what are you inspired by? Um, it's that's such a hard question. I'm inspired by everyday life mm-hmm. and I'm inspired by showing up at the studio mm-hmm. and I don't sit around waiting for inspiration to paint. Yeah. I just go in and I work. Yeah. And I I am in my studio all the time. I don't have a um I mean I went for a three hour hike with my boyfriend yesterday. I, yeah. I do a lot of different things. But um 
it's showing up and, yeah. and working. Just, just doing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I love it so much. Okay. I always ask everybody at the end, what's your dream collaboration or your dream project if you don't want to collaborate? Oh, I, I love to collaborate. Great. Oh. And it, it doesn't, it could just, whatever's kind of, whatever is coming to mind today. Uh, well, I'm not going to hold you to it in the future. <laughs> you know, that's Well, that's all right. I don't mind that, but I don't, um, oh, I have so many different know, dreams. It's, it's, well, I think it's a hard I, would, question. I would say right now, um, I'm kind of living it. I mean, there isn't a specific project, um, um, but like I'm, I said, I'm going down a year ago, my friend Lauren Montacon, who's an artist in Santa Fe, is a teacher, and um, we've been having the conversation to, about teaching together, mm. and it's been a long time coming, and that's that's something that I really enjoy. Um, my friend Lisa Pressman as well, we're talking about maybe teaching together. I'm going down to Abiquiu and. Deborah Fritz, who's a sculptor, and her husband, Frank Shelton, who's a painter, live in Abiquiu, and we're going to paint together for a couple of days. And Deborah and I are talking about possibly doing, she's, a, like I said, a ceramic sculptor, yeah. doing a workshop where um, we do sculpture, and also I take people out, and we paint and and, and wow. gather mark-making from the landscape and color and, and that experience and bring it back into the studio and, um, working with, with creating with different people that I admire and respect and they feed me and vice versa as in, in a classroom, um, environment is really exciting to Mm -hmm. me right now. The, um, um, teaching, which I never really wanted to teach in a university situation and more academic, but in a workshop situation, it's different because yeah. people really want to be there. Yeah. And it it's, they're, they're bringing, it's all kinds of you, different you get more people that, that show up, that give to the process. It's mm-hmm. not just about the process that you're teaching. It's, you just get so much more yeah. from it. And I'm learning that a lot of this that I've been doing, taking workshops and working in different mediums has really enriched my ability. Well, if the ability is the right word, um, my content of teaching. Yeah. And, and it's not about when I get nervous about it, I'm not teaching something that I don't know. I'm just facilitating a space for people to create. Absolutely. And that is, um, that's really exciting to me. I love it too. I teach a lot and I feel that same way about it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a give and take, isn't it? A lot of people, I think a lot of musicians that I know don't like teaching and they kind of do it because they can't perform enough to keep the lights on. Sure. Yeah. I've never felt that way about teaching. I love it. It's, yeah, that's great. It's very inspiring and it's, yeah, facilitating. And your students recognize that, I Yeah, think. and I love like being a part of someone else's creative process. It's mm-hmm. such a gift, you know, to like yeah. be in the room while someone else is having like little sparks. It feels amazing. You know, now that you say that, so there's a new project that's come on in my, um, uh, in my, what would you call it? In my life, yeah. um, my friend Jill Orschel is a is a um, filmmaker. Um, she was the creator of Sister Wife, okay. and she's in the process of. Um, she's been working on this film for quite a while, 
and she's um, talking to me about collaborating um, uh, the visual aspects um, with the film, which wow, I've never done before. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm that's really excited. Well, I, and the idea of being able to work with her is super exciting. Yeah. And she asked me the other day, have you ever thought about your work in a different, you know, in a, in a different I mean, I, I do work in different mediums, but, a but different as far as like medium. film, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and so we're just that process of having that conversation yeah. and seeing where that's going to go is um, really exciting. I'm very excited for you. That sounds Thank awesome. You. Yeah. Okay, where do we find you on? The internet. Where do you find me? Um, StacyPhillipsArt.com okay. is my website. And don't, it, it's, you know, that's another thing. If anybody's out there wants to be an assistant, <laughs> you know, I mean, I updated it a year ago, but I'm more active on Instagram okay. um, at Stacy Phillips. And then um, I think Facebook is Stacy Phillips Art. Okay. Um, I'm at the Poor York studio in Salt Lake City. There's uh, Poor York is on West Temple and, uh, and Crystal Avenue. Okay. We have there's about 50 artists there, and every March and September we do an open studio. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, all kinds of different artists um, that are there, and we open up, and there's music, and people open up their studios. Um, and then I'm the lecture demos. Um, uh, reach out to me if you're interested in, okay. in facilitating one. It can be in somebody's studio. It can be in, um, I just gave one at the Springville Art Museum mm. um, and I and down in Kayenta. I'm only allowed to do 20 a year and I think I have five, no, not even three spaces left for this year. Okay. But I'm all, already booking into next year and it's free for you, okay. free for people. Cool. Which is great. And then also um, workshops, Um, I'm doing, um, I'm teaching for lifelong learning, um, in November. And then I teach for South Salt Lake. I teach in my own studio. I do privates if anybody's interested. Um, yeah, it's it's really great. People can contact you like through your website or through Instagram. Through my website, um, yeah, Instagram's probably the the best. Okay. Or um, my you want know, my email address is. I think I think it's on. Is it on your website? Yeah, I think I think I'm, it's on your website. I think it's on my website. I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. And yeah, I'll, I'll post it's, but it on it's stacyphillipsart.com. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Stacy. It was such a joy to talk me. with you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.